Good morning. Today is the uh, 28th of February, 2020, and today we're going to be reading from Psalm 44, 1 through 8, Leviticus chapter 22, verses 17 through chapter 3, 23, verses 44, Proverbs chapter 10, verse 19, and Mark chapter 9, verses 30 through chapter 10, verse 12. All right, before we start reading, let's open with a word of prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, please open our hearts and our minds to receive your word today. Please speak your word into our hearts. Holy Spirit, please lead us and guide us. Please give us knowledge and understanding. Father, please help us to take your word and to apply it to our lives and to help others to grow with it as well. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, let's start with Psalm 44, and we're going to read to verse 8 today. We have heard with our ears, O God. Our fathers have told us what work thou didst in their days, in the times of old, how thou didst drive out the heathen with thy hand, and plantest them, how thou didst afflict the people, and cast them out. For they got not the land in possession by their own sword, neither did their own arm save them, but thy right hand, and thine arm, and the light of thy countenance, because thou hadst a favor unto them. Thou art my king, O God, command deliverances for Jacob. Through thee will we push down our enemies, through thy name will we tread them under that rise up against us. For I will not trust in my bow, neither shall my sword save me. But thou hast saved us from our enemies, and hast put them to shame that hated us. In God we boast all the day long, and praise thy name forever. Selah. What an amazing declaration that... The people of Israel did not save themselves. They did not crush their enemies themselves. They did not clear the land themselves. They did not give themselves victory. But it was God, and it was all God, that saved them, that gave them victory, that cleared the land, that drove out the inhabitants before them, and that caused the inhabitants to intentionally attack Israel and so that Israel could defeat their armies in the best ways possible, and so that they could then uh, occupy and take possession of the land that God has given them. And that in verse 7, Thou hast saved us from our enemies. It was the God that preserved Israel, every man, woman, and child, and kept them safe, and that they will praise his name forever and ever. Now, we're going to turn to the book of Leviticus, chapter 22. The book of Leviticus, chapter 22, and we're going to read from verse 17 until 23 and verse 44. Leviticus 22. So, uh, 17 starts with, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron, and to his sons, and to all the children of Israel, and say unto them, Whatsoever he be of the house of Israel, or of the strangers in Israel, that will offer his oblation for all his vows, and for all his freewill offerings, which they will offer unto the Lord for a burnt offering, he shall offer at your own will a male without blemish, of the beeves, of the sheep, or of the goats. But whatsoever hath a blemish, that shall ye not offer." For it shall not be acceptable for you. And whosoever offereth a sacrifice of peace offerings unto the Lord to accomplish his vow, or a free will offering in the beeves uh, or sheep, it shall be perfect to be accepted. There shall no, be no blemish therein. 
blind or broken or maimed or having a wen or scurvy or scabbed ye shall not offer these unto the lord nor make an offering by fire of them upon the altar unto the lord either a bullock or a lamb that hath any thing superfluous or lacking in his parts that mayest thou offer for a free will offering but for a vow it shall not be accepted ye shall not offer unto the lord that which is bruised or crushed or broken or cut neither shall ye make any offering thereof in your land neither from a stranger's hand shall ye offer the bread of your god of any of these because their corruption is in them and blemishes be in them they shall not be accepted for you and the lord spake unto moses saying when a bullock or a sheep or a goat is brought forth then it shall be seven days under the dam and from the eighth day and thenceforth it shall be accepted for an offering made by fire unto the lord and whether it be cow or you you shall not kill it and her young both in one day and when you will offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving unto the lord offer it at your own will on the same day it shall be eaten up you shall leave none of it until the morrow i am the lord therefore shall ye keep my commandments and do them i am the lord neither shall ye profane my holy name but i will be hallowed among the children of israel i am the lord which hallow you that brought you out of the land of egypt to be your god i am the lord chapter twenty three and the lord spake unto moses saying speak unto the children of israel and say unto them concerning the feasts of the lord which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations even these are my feasts six days shall work be done but the seventh day is the sabbath of rest and holy convocation ye shall do no work therein is the sabbath of the lord in all your dwellings these are the feasts of the lord even holy convocations which ye shall proclaim in their seasons in the fourteenth day of the first month even at even is the lord's passover and on the fifteenth day of the same month is the feast of unleavened bread unto the lord seven days you you must eat unleavened bread in the first day ye shall have an holy convocation, ye shall do no servile work therein, but ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord seven days. In the seventh day is an holy convocation, ye shall do no servile work therein. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, and say unto them, When ye be come into the land which I give unto you, and shall reap the harvest thereof, then ye shall bring a sheaf of the firstfruits of your harvest unto the priest. And he shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted for you. On the morrow, after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. And ye shall offer that day when ye wave the sheaf and he lamb without blemish of the first year for a burnt offering unto the Lord. And the meat offering thereof shall be two tenth deals of fine flour mingled with oil, an offering made by fire unto the Lord for a sweet savor. And the drink offering thereof shall be of wine, the fourth part of an hen. And ye shall eat neither bread, nor parched corn, nor green ears, until the selfsame day that ye have brought an offering unto your God. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. And ye shall count unto you from the morrow after the Sabbath, from the day that ye have brought the sheaf of the wave offering, seven Sabbaths shall be complete. Even unto the morrow after the seventh Sabbath shall ye number fifty days, and ye shall offer a new meat offering unto the Lord. Ye shall bring out of your habitations two wave loaves of two tenth deals. They shall be of fine flour. They shall be bacon with leaven. They are the first fruits unto the Lord. And ye shall offer with the bread seven lambs without blemish of the first year, and one young bullock, and two rams. They shall be for a burnt offering unto the Lord, with their meat offering and their drink offerings, even an offering made by fire of sweet savor unto the Lord. 
Then you shall sacrifice one kid of the goats for a sin offering, and two lambs of the first year for a sacrifice of peace offerings. And the priest shall wave them with the bread of the first fruits for a wave offering before the Lord with the two lambs. They shall be holy to the Lord for the priest. And ye shall proclaim on the selfsame day that it may be an holy convocation unto you. Ye shall do no servile work therein. It shall be a statute forever in all your dwellings throughout your generations. And when you reap the harvest of your land, thou shalt not make clean riddance of the corners of thy field when thou reapest, neither shalt thou gather any gleaning of thy harvest. Thou shalt leave them unto the poor and to the stranger. I am the Lord your God. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, in the first day of the month, shall ye have a Sabbath, a memorial of blowing of trumpets, and holy convocation. Ye shall do no servile work therein, but ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Also on the tenth day of this seventh month there shall be a day of atonement. It shall be an holy convocation unto you, and ye shall afflict your souls, an offering, an offering made by fire unto the Lord. And ye shall do no work in that same day, for it is a day of atonement, to make an atonement for you before the Lord your God. For whatsoever soul it be that shall not be afflicted, in that same day he shall be cut off from among his people. And whatsoever soul it be that doeth any work in that same day, the same soul will I destroy from among his people. Ye shall do no manner of work, it shall be a statute forever throughout your generations in all your dwellings. It shall be unto you a Sabbath of rest, and ye shall afflict your souls. In the ninth day of the month at even, from even until even, shall ye celebrate your Sabbath. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, The fifteenth day of this seventh month shall be the feast of tabernacles for seven days unto the Lord. On the first day shall be an holy convocation. Ye shall do no servile work therein. Seven days shall uh, ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. On the eighth day shall be an holy convocation unto you, and ye shall offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord. It is a solemn assembly, and ye shall do no servile work therein. These are the feasts of the Lord, which ye shall proclaim to be holy convocations, to offer an offering made by fire unto the Lord, a burnt offering, and a meat offering, a sacrifice, and drink offerings, everything upon his day. Beside the Sabbaths of the Lord, and beside your gifts, and beside all your vows, and beside all your freewill offerings which ye give unto the Lord. Also in the fifteenth day of the seventh month, when ye have gathered in the fruit of the land, ye shall keep a feast unto the Lord seven days. On the first day shall be a Sabbath, and on the eighth day shall be a Sabbath. And ye shall take you on the first day the boughs of the goodly trees, branches of palm trees, and boughs of thick trees, and willows of the brook, and ye shall rejoice before the Lord your God seven days. And ye shall keep it a feast unto the Lord seven days in the year. It shall be a statute forever in your generations. Ye shall celebrate it in the seventh month. Ye shall dwell in booths seven days. All that are Israelites born shall dwell in booths. That your generations may know that I made the children of Israel to dwell in booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. And Moses declared unto the children of Israel the feasts of the Lord. Now here we had in the book of Leviticus chapter 22 and chapter 23. 23 speaks specifically about all the different feasts throughout the year unto the Lord God. And so feasts of the Passover of the first month where the children of Israel were brought up out of the land of Egypt. The feast of 
the uh, first fruits. And so this was like the first harvest and then the feast of the harvest and feast of bringing in that which the Lord has given unto them and the feast of booths where they dwell in booths and dwell in these man-made uh, structures and creations where they would provide uh, shelter for their families just like they did as they were traveling from the land of Egypt into the land of uh, Mount Sinai. And then also in chapter 22, it talks about the specific types of offerings that they can offer as free will offerings. And um, so we have the beeves. Well, beeves are uh, cows and cattle and uh, younger cows of the sheep or of the goats. And so um, the standard for these is they should be anything that does not have a blemish. And then it more specifically says things that aren't blind, aren't, are not blind, are not broken. They don't have a broken foot. They don't have a broken leg, are not maimed. So they don't have some serious injury which would cause them to die anyway. These are supposed to be free will offerings of some of uh, great value that you're giving that value unto the Lord. And so things that are, are not having a wen or scurvy or scabbed, it says also. And so these are things that, these are animals that they don't have any injuries, they don't have any diseases, they don't have any illnesses whatsoever, and no cancers. And so that's the value, that's the free will offering that the Lord is setting for the standard for those offerings. Now we're going to turn to the book of Proverbs, chapter 10, verse 19, and we're going to read that. And it says, in the multitude of words there wanteth not sin, but he that refraineth his lips is wise. In the book of James, it talks about the, the tongue being a fiery member, being um, something that no man can control and that is uh, set on fire with the fire of hell. And so in the tongue, man brings forth all the evil that is within his heart. The tongue has a lot of power and is very symbolic in Proverbs and in the Bible. And out of, a, out of the treasure of his heart, a man speaks. And so if there's good in his heart, he brings forth that good and it is shown to the rest of the world through his tongue. But if there is only evil in his heart, all that evil is shown and brought forth and shown unto the world through his tongue. And so here in Proverbs, we're talking about in the multitude of words, there wanteth not sin. All the world has created many stories, many fables, many creations of their own. They've created their own myths, their own legends, their own uh, things that they want to declare as what they want to be truth, even though it is not truth. And so in the multitude of words, in the majority of the words of the world, there wanteth not sin. There um, is no sin that is lacking from that, and the world is filled with sin. But that he that refraineth his lips is wise. This is also saying that those that go forth and they just say things, and they continuously speak in their words, but they never stop to listen, is um, not, there wanteth not sin. There, there's, um, so a man that does not stop speaking and then just stops every once in a while and listens and uses the ears that God has given him is not acting wisely and is not searching for what is sin and what is not sin to understand. We should be wise to listen and to refrain our lips, to not speak 
when we should not, and to use our lips rightly when we do and when we must. Now we're going to turn to the book of Mark, and we're going to read from Mark chapter 9 today. Mark chapter 9, verse 30, through chapter 10, verse 12. Flipping over two pages to Mark chapter 9, verse 30, and it says, And they departed thence, and passed through Galilee, and he would not that any man should know it. For he taught his disciples, and said unto them, The Son of Man is delivered into the hands of men, and they shall kill him. And after that he is killed, he shall rise the third day. But they understood not that saying, and were afraid to ask him. And he came to Capernaum, and being in the house, he asked them, What was it that ye disputed among yourselves by the way? But they held their peace, for by the way they had disputed among themselves who should be the greatest. And he sat down, and called the twelves, and said, uh, saith unto them, If any man desire to be first, the same shall be last of all, and servant of all. And he took a child, and set him in the midst of them. And when he had taken him in his arms, he said unto them, Whosoever shall receive one of such children in my name, receiveth me. And whosoever shall receive me, receiveth not me, but him that sent me. And John answered, and say, uh, saying, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, and he followeth not us. And we forbade him, because he followeth not us. But Jesus said, Forbid him not. For there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name that can lightly speak evil of me. For he that is not against us is on our part. For whosoever shall give you a cup of water to drink in my name, because ye belong to Christ, verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. And whosoever shall offend one of these little ones that believeth in me, it is better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck, and he were cast into the sea. And if thy hand offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter into life maimed than having two hands to go into hell into the fire that never shall be quenched, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thy foot offend thee, cut it off. It is better for thee to enter halt into life than having two feet to be cast into hell into the fire that never shall be quenched, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. And if thine eye offend thee, pluck it out. It is better for thee to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than having two eyes to be cast into hellfire, where their worm dieth not, and the fire is not quenched. For every one that shall be salted with fire, and every sacrifice shall be salted with salt. Salt is good, but if the salt have lost his saltness, wherewith will it ye season it? Have salt in yourselves, and have peace one with another. Chapter 10 and he arose from thence, and cometh into the coasts of Judea, by the farther side of Jordan, and the people resort unto him again. And as he was wont, he taught them again. And the Pharisees came to him, and asked him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife? Tempting him. And he answered, and said unto them, What did Moses command you? And they said, Moses suffered to write a bill of divorcement, and to put her away. And Jesus answered, and said unto them, For the hardness of your heart he wrote you this precept. But from the beginning of creation God made them male and female. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, and cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. So then they are no more twain, but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together, let not man put asunder. And in the house his disciples asked him again of the same matter. And he saith unto them, Whosoever shall put away his wife, and marry another, committeth adultery against her. And if a woman shall put away her husband, and be married to another, she committeth adultery.
So here we have in Mark chapter 9, Jesus is departing from an area and he went into Capernaum then. And in the house, he asked his disciples, what were you guys talking about? And using modern day language to describe what we've just read in the scriptures. And they, well, none of them really wanted to answer because none of them wanted to seem proud and boastful because they knew that Jesus probably wouldn't support that, that they that he wouldn't support pride, but he talks about them and he doesn't rebuke them directly, but he does say that if any man desires to be first, the same shall be last of all and servant of all. Just as the Lord Jesus Christ came into this world to be a servant to the entire world in his service and in his sacrifice upon the cross, he served all men by offering his body, by also living for three years, wandering, moving, traveling from place to place. Uh, and I shouldn't say wandering because he had an entire purpose and focus in mind when he went to each place exactly. And so he had even a specific person sometimes in mind when he went into certain towns. And so if we think about Zacchaeus, if we think about the uh, woman in the at the well in John chapter 8 if we think about uh, Jairus and how the Lord came to his house and raised his daughter from the dead he had specific people in mind that he was going to meet their needs meet their requests and answer their prayers and so as he was walking this earth for those three years he was serving his people now we can focus on what his example was and know that as he set the example to be a servant of all the same shall be last of all uh, the same that man that is first shall be last of all he's saying and so if we want to be first in his kingdom we have to be last in this present world and so that means that we have to put all others before us we have to put the needs the desires of God and the will of God in our lives far before our own will, our own desires. And we should look to the needs of people and try to meet those. And then he also declares that whosoever receives a child, uh, such children who have a, a sometimes an, a much easier time believing and trusting in Jesus Christ and, and in his um his payment upon the cross than adults do because they have a mind that is like a sponge and they absorb everything that they are around whether that be good or whether that be bad and so as they can just absorb everything and they are learning knowledge they can learn that Jesus is God they can learn that God is in heaven and God is a heavenly father and that he saved Abraham and counted Abraham's faith as righteousness and that through faith all have been saved and all will be saved and that whosoever calls on the name of the Lord in faith shall be saved and so but that also if someone teaches them wrongly then he that child will grab onto that first wrong teaching and sometimes will cling to it because their brain and their mind is like a sponge and it just absorbs that learning and that education and so Jesus here is saying it's better that a man if he offends one of these little ones and 
that believe in me, it is better for him that a millstone were hanged about his neck and he were cast into the sea. It's better for him to die and drown than it is to offend one of these little ones, to teach them wrongly and to uh, try to instruct them, try to deceive them that Jesus is not God and not their Lord. And here we have one of the wor uh, most horrible declarations about the reality of a real place called hell that we see. And so one of them is in Luke chapter 16. We'll see that later in this year. But right now Jesus is saying about hell into the fire that never shall be quenched, where the worm dieth not and the fire is not quenched. At least six times he talks about how the fire is not quenched in hell that it's an everlasting fire. It is a fire that continuously burns. And so this is a declaration, a statement, a definition that hell is a place of fire and where the worm dieth not. Well, what is the worm? Um, this is referring back to some of the uh, earlier prophets' books and how their spirit that is inside man and the soul of man is sometimes referred to as the uh, the worm. And so uh, this is referring to the soul of man that is eternal and where there a worm dieth not. And so hell is a place of continual burning. It is a place of continual torment and it is a place of continual death. But it is also a place that even in that continual death, there is no permanent death. And so their worm dies not, and the fire is not quenched, and it continues to burn, and people continue to burn forever and ever and ever and ever. And one of the most horrible things about it is that they are completely separated from God and from all of their loved ones. Um, here, Jesus also says that for everyone that shall be salted with fire, and every sacrifice shall be salted with salt. Salt is good, but if the salt have lost its saltness, wherewith will ye season it? Have salt in yourselves, and have peace one with another. So Jesus is using salt as an example because it purifies, and um, every sacrifice in the Old Testament was supposed to be salted with salt as well. And so that salt acts as a purification, it acts as a savor and a flavor unto it, and it acts as a symbol showing that as salt purifies the sacrifices, your bodies are supposed to be purified with salt. Our bodies, our minds, our will, we are supposed to have the purifying word of God in us so that we are pure and that we act in purity. Then he also declares uh, to uh, Pharisees that came to him asking him about the law and asking him about divorce, which we covered earlier in the book of Matthew. From the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. They are no more twain, but one flesh. So when man and wife become man and wife, they are no longer two separate human beings. They are one flesh. And so what God has joined together, speaking of the man, the husband, and the woman, the wife, they are joined together by God in a holy matrimony and a, in a holy uh, union before God that God has 
blessed and that God has sanctified unto himself as well. And so what God has allowed, what God has created, what God has joined in his perfect will, Jesus is declaring that man does not have the right to put it asunder. He does not have the authority to break it apart. And so whosoever then shall put away his wife and marry another committeth adultery against her. Whosoever of a woman shall put away her husband and be married to another, she committeth adultery. This is saying that it is not God's will for anybody to ever get divorced, which is why it's very important that we make sure that we marry the right person in the first place. We should marry somebody who believes in the Lord God and believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, that believes the Bible is the Word of God, that has the same standards as us, that believes the same things that we do. And so when we are looking for a wife, we should be looking, or for a husband, we should be looking for those things, that they love the Lord God, that they love other humans, and that they act out that love in their daily lives, that they serve the Lord God, that they read his word, that they um, attempt to apply all these principles to their lives, that they have a prayer life, and that they are constantly and frequently talking to God. And so that way, um, it it's, makes it less likely that a divorce would ever be possible. And to do that, they should start with the very idea in the very beginning that Divorce is not an option, and it never is an option, and never will be an option in our marriage. Um, <clears throat> a great book by Dr. Emerson, Emerson Egrich is uh, the book called Love and Respect, and it is a great example, a great um, exposition on understanding what Ephesians talks about when God commands the husbands to love their wives and the wives to respect their husbands. And so how doing those things for each of those people, for the husband love his wife and for the wife to respect her husband, meets the needs of the other and creates a long-lasting, loving, and respect-based relationship that will last throughout the years and will create a joyous marriage. Friend, thank you for listening today, and I hope this has been a blessing to you. I know it has been to me. If you have any prayer requests, please send them to wwgcaleb at gmail.com. That's wwgcaleb at gmail.com, and I'll be sure to look for those. Thanks for listening once again, and God bless you today. And walk with God, and I'll see you tomorrow for the next Walk with God podcast.